0: And welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm alongside Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? What up? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. I got I got to watch some NBA this weekend along with some college sports, some college uh, football, a little bit of NFL today. Can't really complain. It's, it's a com- good weekend.
1: Complete weekend.
0: Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, can't really complain. How's your weekend been? Uh, I haven't done a lot. I watched a lot of college football.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was just really in the mood for it. And, I don't know, it's just that time of year, I think. Yeah. Where, like... End of November? Yeah, like the big games... Or, like, important games. Except so, for Alabama and Citadel. Well, hey, that was a good game for the first quarter. Hey, it's 10, 10 at half. Um,
0: triple <laughs> option. So, but yeah, no, I just I just love it this time of year. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it, it's, like, the perfect time. It's kind of like the in uh, beginning of June when the NHL is in there, like, deep into their playoffs. Mm-hmm. NBA is deep into their playoffs. Baseball is getting started up. Whatever. Baseball is whatever. But it's just, like, a perfect storm of all these good sports all at once.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there it is, and like you can just turn on the TV, and usually something's on.
0: Right, and this year, like NFL college football is heating up. The playoff race for NFL is heating up basketball is getting in 15 games in now yeah. so it's just a really good time really good time the NHL's in um, enough about all those other sports we're here to talk about basketball if you want to follow more of us and our content make sure to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod we've been doing like a poll, fun poll week come yeah. check it out and we've been getting some good responses I, one time we'll have to do a poll and actually like follow up with a full blown topic on the podcast that's probably a good idea Yeah, that's how podcasts work, I think. (laughs) Uh, But this, uh, you can also find this podcast if you're not already on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, follow, um, leave a review. We'll talk about it on air, maybe. Uh, If you leave us like a one-star review, Matt will read it. Because he's, like, a teacher, and, like, he could do a dramatic reading, I imagine. Yes, I can. So, we're gonna... We'll do that now. So, that's something we're gonna be doing. (laughs) And I just made it up on the spot. So, anyway... Matt, or I am going to do the quick recap of episode six, and then Matt's going to talk about the news, and then we're going to get into topics because a lot of stuff's going on Mm -hmm. in the NBA season, and it's amazing. So, last episode on episode six, we talked about drama in LA with Luke Walton and Magic Johnson, and uh, what the Lakers were expecting for the season. Carmelo on his way out of Houston, which is now official, last week, there were some rumors that he was going to be cut, he was cut this week, our big topic was Jimmy, the Jimmy Butler trade, he played his first game this week, we'll talk about that later on this uh, podcast, and then we gave our game of the week, Matt had the Magic and 76ers, because that was Jimmy Butler's... Um first game as a 76er the Magic ended up winning that game 111 to 106 Terrence Ross (laughs) oh bucket getter uh And Matt predicted it would end at 108 for the 76ers and Magic 97. I had the crap show of the week, (laughs) the Wizards and Cavs. And I predicted it would be 110 to 89, the Wizards taking the game. It ended up being the Wizards 119, Cavs 95. I've been pretty... Yeah, I'll say you were close on it. And then a lot of others. You're like right around it. Uh, It's luck. (laughs) Like it's like like if I started betting on these games, I would lose all my money.
1: (laughs) So don't actually take his advice. No,
0: No, no, don't actually no, that's awful. I'm wrong like 90% of the time. I'm just getting lucky early on in the season. Matt, what happened this week? Catch us up. So NBA news.
1: Unfortunately, a lot of injuries right now. Uh, Alfred Payton has a broken finger. He's going to be out for at least a few weeks. John Henson tore a ligament in his left wrist. Apparently like a couple weeks ago, tried to play through it. And now he's going to have to have surgery. Rajon Rondo broke his hand. He's out for. Four to five weeks and as you were talking I was just scrolling through Twitter and actually saw this really funny thing from Rachel Nichols uh, tonight Sunday the Lakers played the Heat and Rondo was fully suited up like a coach and like had a clipboard and was in the coaches (laughs) huddle and everything. And Rachel Nichols asked Luke Walton about Rondo being with the coaches and doing all that, um, about how it went. And then she talked to Rondo and Rondo said, yeah, coach told me to shut the blank up.
0: (laughs) I love it.
1: Um, it's amazing. <laughs> but that's four or five more weeks deal with it, Luke Walton. Oh <laughs> um, Karis Levert had the scariest injury of the week, uh, dislocating his foot and an ankle. But it somehow only ended up being a foot and ankle dislocation, no real ligament damage. They say he's hopeful to return this year, which is incredible if you watched
0: it. I really I really hope he returns because he was having such a good year. Like he's this was his breakout year. Like I I have been on the Jerry Allen MVP or not MVP. <laughs> What's MIP. MIP, most improved player. And Kiris Levert was probably at the front of that race up there with Dion Fox. Yeah. And it's really sad to see him go down with that yeah. type of injury. So
1: yeah, I I wanna say I'm hopeful he returns, but at the same time, I'm I'm not looking at the Nets as like this team who should be like hard pushing for the playoffs. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. I was, I was play, getting high on the Nets but, before
0: this injury. Yeah, I know. Someone was texting me, and I was like, uh, "And they were like, hot take: the Nets are making the playoffs." And I said, "Hotter take: the Nets aren't make are making the playoffs higher than an eight seed." <laughs> and so, like, I had them way above. I don't think they're probably going to make the playoffs I'll now say, with Glover yeah, missing net. significant amount of time. Now, especially so that that sucks, but
1: I mean, it happens. It's part of the game. Uh, other news: WNBA champ Sue Bird joining the Nuggets front office. Mm. Mm -hmm. I just just find this cool That's Um, an interesting move Yeah, just a another retired player's perspective. Yeah, so I kind of like it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting move by the Nuggets because they've been had a hot start to this year, and I mean she she's knows the game really well, so it'll be interesting to see how they use use her and where her role. She could definitely help Jamal Murray. (laughs) Something, just saying. Uh, Other
1: news: LeBron passed Wilt for fifth all time on the NBA scoring list. So, nice job there. That was in
0: points, right?
1: In points. In yeah. points, okay. And then uh, and then tonight, Sunday night against the Heat, he goes and drops 51. So, just to make sure everyone remembers. And then the last big thing, we, you mentioned it. Jimmy Butler finally, quote-unquote, becomes a 76er. <laughs> um, and his third game, I think it was for Philly, uh, they were playing Charlotte spoiled Kemba's 60-point night with a uh, dagger three.
0: So Jimmy Butler officially a 76er now according to the broadcasting. There's there's Two people who I constantly just feel sick for most of the time in the NBA, not because they're like making millions of dollars, but just because their team generally just sucks. Who is Kimba number one? Because like that dude just like gets buckets. The man is
1: balling this year.
0: And like he, we're talking about this before we started recording. He legit could be like a MVP candidate if they if they find a way into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, at this point, he is just on fire. He could get, at the very least, top 10 votes. votes. Yeah. Yeah, just a few.
0: Um, And the other guy is Dame. Because, like, he he is just as fun... Like, he's, like, Kemba a little bit on steroids. Like, he's just as fun to watch. Yeah. Just as skilled. But, like, his team just, like, doesn't show up in the playoffs and is just so bleh. Like, yeah, they might the end up being, like top four in the West. In terms of just
1: records and seeding and all that They might
0: win a ton of regular season games Are they going to win in the playoffs? Just like last year? No no, No. exactly. So like I just feel like Sick to the, because like these guys Are in their prime, they should be playing Somewhere where they can win championships And compete for championships and they're just Not in that situation
1: Kimba's at like 29 points per game This year
0: (laughs) And Charlotte's still like Charlotte's had maybe outside of the draft This year, maybe just some of the worst Draft picks. It just hasn't worked. Just, like Frank the Tank, like what what is that guy doing? Can
1: you believe Danny H trying to give four picks oh my God. to get Frank the tank and they're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Think how different Charlotte's just trajectory at the very they least. They could be. have Jason
0: Tatum <laughs>
1: if, if they would have given up Frank, who's like hardly playing. That just it cracks me up. Like these big what if scenarios for all kinds of NBA franchises. Like what if you had done the trade, or what if you hadn't weren't stupid? Yeah, didn't <laughs> screw up free agency in 2016. Like oh what my if? Gosh. I love I love that game.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's talk about some more uh pertinent things going on in the NBA. Is there trouble in Paradise, Matt? Talking about the Bay. The Bay? Uh, the Bay is paradise in the NBA. I'm
1: 95% sure no. But the 5% and the impact of that 5% says this is a worthwhile topic for right now to talk about because if this does go wrong, it could go wrong in a major way.
0: It could it could very well blow up at the end of the season
1: when it matters. Exactly, like the, what happens when you do get to a game six, game seven, in whatever, like the Western Conference Finals, or in an NBA championship. Because we're assuming that Golden State is making the NBA championship right. pretty reasonably. Yeah, what if like this happens again? And it's just like I'm not even talking about like just Draymond. Kicking the ball out of bounds and (laughs) just looking like a buffoon. But like, what if like the talk and Katie seems sensitive to the talk? If you don't know what we're talking about, like for some reason, um, Draymond just kicked the ball out of bounds with like a second left against the Clippers when they could have won the game. And Katie wanted the ball for the shot. He was
0: was adamant about getting that ball. If you watch that clip again, he was screaming. And he didn't even come up to the front court. No. No, it is the second
1: Draymond got the rebound. Katie just wanted it, and Draymond just pushed the ball yeah. up uh, just on his own, and KD just, like, half-heartedly jogged up court, and Draymond just drove into the lane, wanted to kick it. Triple team. Like, there Could. was like,
0: four clippers
1: around him. Yeah, exactly. And he just, yeah. And then the game went to regulation. So I like that lost them the game. Right. They just ended regulation, they went to overtime, and then they lost. But, like, it was nothing, and it, for whatever reason, just... KD just lost it. And Dray- on Draymond.
0: Draymond being Draymond fought back. He did. And, it, and he said some things about, like, I think it's been reported that he said something along the lines, like, we don't need you. We won without yeah. you.
1: And we don't like how you've been holding this contract over our head the last few years and now for this upcoming free agency and just kind of went in on KD. And it's like, KD was overly upset about this one play. He shouldn't have been. But then Draymond <laughs> just took it to a whole new level. Like he just, he does. Like
0: went in on KD. And, like, I kind of understand Draymond's perspective. Um, but, again, wrong place, wrong time. Like, there, there's a context in which you bring this up. And I think another issue to talk about is that Steph Curry wasn't with this team. Yeah, I would say he's out with a joint injury. and. and That the team is, one, different with him when he's around and when he's not. And two, the team plays a heck of a lot differently when he's on the court. And the chemistry within that locker room, he's the leader. He's the guy on that team. It's not Draymond. It's not Kevin Durant. No. It's Steph. He's he's the Warriors. What's well,
1: thing like? You watch the little back and forth between Katie and Draymond. Like Boogie Cousins is coming to break this thing up. Like that's how bad it was. And like no one else is there to do it. Like Clay isn't. Clay looked in. upset too. He did. He looked like Draymond. What are you doing? Yeah,
0: he looked really upset going back to that huddle. Another interesting thing about this whole scenario. Is um, I think Katie coming at, out of the huddle and into overtime said like something I think you can kind of read his words that he said. That's why I'm out. Yeah, and it's kind of like okay. Are you talking about like this scenario? Are you talking about this relationship? Are you talking about the Warriors as a well? whole? Are you talk, Are you thinking about bolting and free agency? I don't. It's yeah, just, I'll say
1: go down the rabbit hole it, with that, all that, these different things. That
0: could mean anything, absolutely anything.
1: And then from there, the team decided like that. Draymond went too far. Like the team, like the executives within it, decided that this whole thing just went too far. They decided to suspend Draymond. For their next game, which was against Atlanta. Without so, without pay. So I think that was the important part is Draymond and his people, it kind of came out like they weren't super surprised by the suspension, but it was the fine, which a game check for Draymond's $120,000. So for him, it's kind of chump change. But at the same time, he was like, he said he was very surprised by that. And so he. It's never
0: happened before. Yeah, it he, doesn't yeah. happen.
1: So he said he pl- and now it's come out. <laughs> few days later that he plans to appeal the team issued fine that almost never happens like usually if it's an nba like commissioner fine like you'll see players occasionally decide to appeal it but from a team perspective usually like the amount or if they do get fined doesn't even get out to the media and in this case it did and now he's appealing like that just seems very odd like draymond like he could have just let it go and been like all right yeah i screwed up whatever And just let it be. Take your suspension, take your fine, take the night off against Atlanta, and just come back.
0: And he didn't. That's interesting. I didn't know he was going to appeal it. Um, I think that—wow, that says a lot. I think we've thought about the Warriors as having this great culture. And with the way this thing has been made public— And there was something David West said at the end of last season, something along the lines of, you wouldn't believe the things that went in inside the locker room that probably will never get out. It feels like this one thing is the thing that's getting out this year. Yeah. And maybe it's blown way out of proportion. Maybe this happens all the time within their locker room, so they're used to it. I don't know if it's the low post with Zach Lowe or the Woj
1: pod, but... I was I was listening to one of their interviews this week and they said at practice like this happens all the time. Like this very much like this talk and this kind of trash they throw at each other, it like it comes from everyone at, and it goes directed at everyone, but it's like never been a problem. It's more of like a competitive like you want that deal, fine, go score on me and yeah. prove you, you deserve it. And, the, and this time like it wasn't Maybe it was the same words, but it wasn't the same context or wasn't the same tone that it had been before, and now it's a problem. So I found that interesting, too, that, like, this this discussion was not, like, out of the blue, necessarily.
0: Yeah. It feels like... It, it, I don't know... In a relationship, I guess, like I think about the context of like my wife and I's relationship, I feel like whenever you have something that you've been like holding, like it just bursts out. Like it, you see one, like someone say something to you, like "Oh, you didn't do the dishes." Like "Oh, really? You didn't do this, this, and this." <laughs> like you, you know, like if you've been in a relationship, yeah. you kind of understand. Like yeah. I feel like this is that for Draymond and Kevin Durant. Yeah, like you didn't pass me the ball. Oh yeah, well you're. This team over <laughs> with this contract. And like I feel like it's so public. But at the same time, I feel like this is pushing Katie out the door. Because this isn't the first time the Warriors have kind of publicly I don't know, gone after Kevin Durant. Like even at the parade, they were saying some interesting things, like kind of poking fun at yeah. Kevin, which is kind of weird. I don't and, know. And
1: Part of it's that no one, even within that organization, still really understands Kevin Durant. No one in this planet seems to understand Kevin Durant as just the person. That's scary. like how he internalizes things or like how he deals with conflict and like with problems. Like we know on the basketball court, he pulls up from 30 feet and it goes in. Like we know that. <laughs> But, like, all the social media stuff and everything like that, the burner accounts and things, like, no one really understands him. He's just this quiet, more so isolated, in his own head type of guy. And Draymond's the exact opposite. Yeah, like... You say these things, and what does this mean? Is Kevin going to hold on to this for the next six months? Does he internalize
0: this enough to say like I don't want to? Play. I've I've had my championships yeah. here. I got it. I'm done. I See can go y'all. somewhere else. Yeah, whatever I can make contract. My big last contract. Because yeah. he's what 29, 30 ish. He's probably around there now. So he could, he can make one big last contract, like, max deal. He could probably play into his 40s with his abilities. It's not like Russ where he relies on speed. Yeah.
1: He just... Kevin just turned 30 in okay. September. So, yeah, I know he's... If he wants a five-year deal, no, um, someone will give it to him. So, yeah, I don't know. Could he be out the door? Or if Golden State kind of says we we want Kevin and will move someone else if that's the case like I don't I don't know if Kevin wants that or not if he wants to be there long term or not but I'm curious if Golden State if that thought crosses their mind do we want Steph Clay and
0: Kevin going forward instead of I think this the classic yeah, Warriors I think this conversation gets more interesting because In the past, it's always been, yeah, we can roll with Draymond because his three-point shooting is enough for us to get by and to space the floor enough, and his defense is the backbone. That's not the case anymore. He's shooting, like, sub-30% this season, I think, and his defense isn't really that good
1: as someone who is going to turn 29 this year. Like he's up there. Like he's already like I know he it doesn't feel like he's been in the league as long, but it's cuz he played multiple years at Michigan State. He's currently sitting at 44% from the field and then from three shooting 22% this year. That's awful. And like you watch him play and it's he like he doesn't shoot
0: anymore. Yeah. he just won't.
1: No, his well his three point attempts per game is sitting at 2. Like, he's only taking two a game, so... I mean, one, you're not going to get in a rhythm only shooting two a game. And maybe that's part of his frustration, too, is, like, between Steph and Clay and Kevin, they're getting all the shots. Yep. And he's like, I'm just not getting enough touches to I'm be the effective all player. I'm doing
0: the dirty work without yeah. all the praise.
1: Yeah, and so some guys, like, Tony Allen... We're cool with that. Love it. And uh, Draymond's like, no, I'm a big enough star because he wants the max deal. Yeah. Right? Like, he wants the max. And uh, I I can't blame him for wanting the max. Like, he could qualify for that five-year, $190 million max. And it's like, as someone who's going to be turning 29 and that will take you to your 34, like, of course he wants that deal. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a team that will give that to him or not. But... He's he's going for it. Yeah, and I can't blame him for that. Yeah, get your money. Yeah,
0: go get your money. Um, I don't know. I don't. If I'm Golden State, I honestly don't know if I give him that money. Like I, I'm. It's too, hard
1: financially just I, to give him the money
0: because. Kevin Durant and Clay are free agents this offseason, yeah. and he's a free agent next season. Correct. So theoretically, you have Steph on a max. If you if you convince Katie to come back, that's another max. And if you give Clay a discounted max, that's that, three players. But still, that's at
1: that point, that's still going to be almost your entire cap sheet.
0: So you're not going to give Draymond. Like, he's not... I don't think he's played well enough to justify that in Golden State. Probably not. Not for... If you want to give him a
1: max, like, you you can't be paying him for past achievements. Like, you have to give him the maximum, like, we think you can still be a max player, at least through three or four years of this contract, and at this point... Draymond's not worth $35 million a year. Absolutely not. Like, for the next even three years, let alone five years. Uh,
0: maybe they could convince him to do one-in-ones, but I feel like that gives Golden State all the power to trade him at any, dr- yeah. like, another spat like this, and it's like, okay, we're, you're gone. Like, we can't deal with someone else than... With the, we can deal with chemistry issues. You've gone over the line like five too many times. Yeah. You're out of here.
1: Yeah. So let's let's go on that idea a little more. Let's let's just go on this thought experiment of they have Clay that they're going to keep. Clay wants to stay. Steph is there, and then they want to try and keep Kevin. And by keeping Kevin, you lose Draymond. Like you have to. Yeah. Let's just go down this path just for funsies,
0: kicks and giggles. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. We decided Just get on the classic Good old trade machine Trade machine There's no bad time To whip out the trade machine And see if Tomorrow So Golden State I think they just lost tonight Or I don't know Or the other night To Dallas Yeah they lost Luca My rookie leader So Knowing That Let's see what happens Whenever uh, You You throw Draymond in the trade machine
0: So Do you want to go first Or do you want me to um, I can go first because mine's dumb and, okay. and and doesn't make any sense. Financially works, but you would have to put more thought into it than I did. <laughs> I was just thinking like, what's the most like kind of works for both teams? And this is what I came up with: Draymond to Houston. Because <laughs> why not? I want that rivalry to stay, so it would be uh, James Harden. So, my thing is you need to get someone who can handle the ball outside because they tried that with Melo. Didn't yeah. work. You need someone Not who well. can kind of handle the ball, bring the ball up the court if you need, can push the pace. So, Draymond Houston, and Golden State gets back Clint Capella. Kind of. So, it's that sick. rim runner yeah. that they need, can protect the paint. Doesn't do what Draymond does, so they would probably lose... You would have to do more. Something there. Yeah. Um, And I think picks would have to be included somehow. I think Houston would probably get a... Pick. I don't know, cause like Capella's younger significantly. And he's on a
1: long-term deal that's under twenty million dollars a year. Yeah. yeah, that's a really friendly
0: deal. So yeah, he didn't. He signed the. Was he it? was RFA right this year. Yeah, and like no one, no gave one offered him. him. So he they got like
1: the minimum. Let me let me look at Clint Capella's contract. So he has signed for It's two. like a four-year deal. Maybe it's three. Yeah. Four?
0: I'm sorry. This is taking forever and a half to pull this Anyway, I'll I'll keep talking while you... uh, So, like, I think that picks would have to be involved somehow. Um, Financially, it works just straight up. I feel like they would have to adjust this somehow. I'm not smart enough to do that. (laughs) So I'm going to leave that up to other people. But Houston... I think that would be kind of interesting. Draymond on Houston would be really interesting because one, they get they get a defensive player that they desperately <laughs> need <laughs> some semblance of defense, and Golden State gets this center who knows his place. Once you get out of DeMarcus after he leaves this next year, because you assume he is, yeah. and he's going to be back, you have a long term answer solution for center. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it's a. It's, it's an interesting. Not a terrible idea. It's not a terrible idea. Neither team would go for it. I know no. that. It's not like they oh, yeah, trade with each other. Yeah, no, they're not gonna do that. This like, um, the Knicks and the Celtics trade. Like, it just like wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Like, two rivals who don't like each other are not gonna swap swap players. Although. When the series came up in the uh, playoffs, Draymond would be talking all smack about Kevin Durant, and I would love it. I'll be here for that. Uh, but found that the Clint Capella contract, five years,
1: $90 million. Damn, and that's- it ascends. So he's at like 15 and a half this year. It'll end at 19 and a half. Yeah, so it's for a starting center who knows you know what they are and you know that they can honestly still get better, that's a good deal. And I think Golden State, for some stability, that'd be kind of nice.
0: Yeah. They, they, I mean, he wouldn't play a ton of minutes because he can't switch. But... I think they also know Cousins can't switch here's the, He doesn't have to switch On to Steph Curry anymore That's true Because he's like With That's Steph true. Curry That's true he, I mean like Harden would probably Cook him but like Whatever Yeah He cooks just about everyone Yeah so. so it's not like The end of the world Anyway I just thought that would be a, a fun-ish trade We're down the rabbit hole Anyway So yeah, like conceptually, Whatever Conceptually it's, it's cool uh, I, I, really, I just want to hear what's going on. Like, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes the last year of Golden State. And I feel like Draymond would just let it rip. Like, someone has to leave to yeah. tell the stories.
1: And of all the people who could leave, Draymond's the one that would tell. Yeah. Whereas yeah. KD is probably
0: just be like, it was whatever. <laughs> it, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Clay <laughs> would, <laughs> like, sign a toaster or something again. <laughs> <laughs> he just go to China. he like just <laughs> ask him a question, just turn around,
1: get on the <laughs> private jet and go to China. <laughs>
0: Yep. All right, so what do you got, Matt? Because I know you probably have something that, that wor- actually works in his way smarter than <laughs> So,
1: maybe. So, in my... I have two. One, one's just a whatever. So, I'll start with the whatever. This is my equivalent of yours. Um, <laughs> and this one, just because I want to see this team just burn to the ground. Um, Draymond to Washington. <laughs> Ooh! And send back Marquise Morris, Kelly Oubre and Troy Brown. I actually think this is a really good deal for Golden State. That would be like getting Ubre would be a huge deal. Like you're gonna have to pay Ubre, but he's not. He's gonna come in and play for Golden State, and then he's not gonna have like this star performance. So you can probably get him to sign for a lesser deal. Troy Brown, someone that they just draft, that Washington just drafted uh, in this past draft, and then Markeith Morris. I think he has a year left on his deal, so he'll expire. And but that's,
0: like, kind of a nice, uh, he, like, four.
1: Yeah, he's, like, a eight and a half million dollars. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he's someone who can actually play in the playoffs and, like, kind of do what you want him to do. Shoot. Play defense. Shoot yeah, threes. shoot, play, and get rebounds. Like, that's actually kind of a nice player, especially if you're going small ball. Like, yeah. he can't handle the way Draymond can, but... In terms of shooting, he's as good, if not better, than Draymond is currently performing. Rebounding, he's 80% of Draymond. And defending, he's like 60% of Draymond. But like, whatever. Like, how many people actually defend in the league? Right. So, like, like, <laughs> Golden actually, State's
0: probably going to outscore them anyway, so it doesn't yeah. really
1: matter. So, like, this actually gives them depth, because that's one of Golden State's biggest problems, is depth. Like, yeah. it's kind of, they're playing, like, Damian Lee, like, minutes. And that dude was, like, in the G League, like, <laughs> last year, and it's because they don't have anyone else. And then from the Washington side, I just really want to see John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, Draymond Green, and Dwight Howard. Could and you imagine <laughs> how much hate They would just stare at each other on the floor and hate each other. <laughs> like, whoever has to inbound the ball is like, I'll just take the, like, the of game. <laughs> I hate I'm you. not passing the ball to anyone. <laughs> that's yeah. like
0: the, uh, that's like the equivalent of, uh, I don't know, I don't even know what it's the equivalent of, but, like, I would just love to see, uh, like, a, a reality TV show about that team. Some Hard Knocks version yeah, yeah. of this. Like, that'd be
1: so good. And then you still have guys like Austin Rivers and just different things like this. It's like, just come on. Just a whole Give bunch of
0: disgruntled me. players and then Scott Brooks trying to...
1: Scott Brooks is standing there. He That would be the epitome of the this is fine meme. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just trying to put Febreze over this crap of a team. Like that would just
1: be like the ultimate thing. I just want to see that happen, just because be headlines. Yes. Like, so that was my like BS, just whatever. Although it actually isn't a terrible, terrible idea from Golden State's perspective. Because um, what? Well, Washington does need to shake them things up. They're like five and eleven, or five and twelve, something like that. They need to figure it out. They're bad. My my kind of somewhat smartish. One would be send Draymond to Brooklyn. So, Ooh. one, they have, like, young talent there. Yeah. Like, he can kind of be the leader of that team. Um, I know we just talked about the Lover injury, but whatever. And in return, Golden State would get Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. who's in his last year. Hollis Jeff... Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who I think he's in his last year. He's going to be an RFA. Okay. But you can probably still get him at a reasonable rate, the same way we talked about with Ubra. Yeah. Probably... For- and it would be less than Uber because Hollis Jefferson doesn't shoot that well. Yep. But everything else Draymond did, like, Hollis Jefferson does. I mean, he's not quite as big, so his rebounding is not quite as good. But the idea... That's why you have it,
0: Kevin Durant.
1: I'll say. He's like, Hollis Jefferson at this point in terms of the everything else, the rebounding, the passing, the pushing the pace, the defense, is like 80 80- of Draymond Green, mm-hmm. so I think that's pretty nice, along with Dinwiddie, and then also Jared Dudley so just figuring out the whole salaries and everything because Dinwiddie's on a great deal at like one and a half mil so Jared Dudley just kind of being that come off the bench and hit some threes whatever calm down the locker room type of guy like for Golden State again that same idea like you get guard depth you get wing depth you get dudes who play your style like this is actually a really good idea for Golden State and then for Brooklyn you have a guy like Jared Allen Mm -hmm. so you put another defense defender beside him in Draymond Green. So even if Draymond doesn't age well and he stays in Brooklyn, Jared Allen's your dude. Right. Like, he's going to cover it up. And then you still have Kara Levert, who you assume will come back. You still have the D'Angelo Russell
0: experiment
1: going <laughs> on. that is. And then a few other nice pieces on, like, decent deals, like Joe Harris and a good coach. You finally are getting your picks back. Right. Like, you can kind of build something with Brooklyn. And... Maybe that's a place that Draymond might actually want to stay.
0: Well they could Brooklyn. pay him too.
1: Yeah, they they
0: already have the space. So this actually like And that's is another good thing about this this deal is that if it doesn't work out for Brooklyn they can let
1: him walk. Yeah, I us say they only have to keep him for another year because he has this year and next on his deal. You can deal with that. You can deal with Draymond for a year and a half. And it'll probably get you to the playoffs. I'll say if you want to make the playoffs. This probably helps. Ooh, yeah. and Or in theory, it helps. And as much as I like Spencer Dinwiddie and Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Jared Dudley, fans... Mm-hmm. Usually don't come to see those
0: guys. Right? Who's Spencer Dinwiddie? <laughs> like I three think, three years ago, Spencer Dinwiddie like wasn't playing like in you, the NBA because he was hurt. If you ran into Spencer Dinwiddie on the street, you wouldn't know who he is. No, he's just like the six foot three, four average looking dude. I also like that to Golden State because it's a ball handler where Iggy doesn't have to do as much. I'd say it eases the burden on the other guys like or the Livingston, Livingston
1: Quinn Cook.
0: You could kind of replace. Cook has been playing really well for Golden
1: State. Oh, I'm, I'm not, not here for Quinn Cook hate. Uh, I'm on him.
0: But you could you could effectively flip Denwitty for Livingston. Yeah, Denwitty's younger, so like. <laughs> Maybe keep Livingston around as like a locker room presence. I've heard, I listened to an interview with him on a pod a couple weeks ago, and he was seemed like a pretty down to earth type of guy. Well, say after all the
1: injuries and everything, he's probably just like, I can't believe I'm still walking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So
0: like, I kind of like this. I would go for that. I don't know if Golden State would because they, they, I think they probably. Don't wanna mess with the championship chemistry. Last thing I, n- again, this
1: is not happening. This is solely on the basis of it like it just goes like no. it just hits the shan. And like it just blows up. And like I they just like, we might not be yep. Boston or Toronto or philly or yeah you know i almost said just the <laughs> honest the fighting Giannises, like yon i that- <laughs> but yeah like it, if it comes to that that's the only reason like they would even think about these things but if it did i actually like this trade for both parties both it, brooklyn and Gold it seems
0: like a win for both um depending on your opinion of what happened what will happen to draymond long term um but, yeah, like I'm just assuming he doesn't what, age well. What, like we talked about, he doesn't necessarily have to stick around in Brooklyn. Brooklyn doesn't have to keep him around after one more season. Do you want to add anything else before we move on to our next segment, Matt? I think I'm good. I'm done with Golden State. Yeah, me too. We'll Golden, talk about him more. As Golden, State, Golden State Golden is probably not as interesting as we make them out to be because they're probably going to win the championship again. And then Kevin Durant's going to leave. Yeah. That's my hot take. Anyways... <sighs> So let's talk about the West, because there is a lot of stuff going. There are a lot of good teams here. Uh, And like we talked about, I didn't realize Memphis was 10-5. We'll get to them a little bit later. But Memphis is 10-5. They have 10 wins. (laughs) Again, there's only
1: eight playoff spots in the West, and there's more than eight teams who honestly deserve or could be a playoff team.
0: Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Like, Los Angeles Clippers, are they a playoff team? The record says so. <laughs> they're ten and five. They might end up being. I don't know. It's oh man. This is, this is good. the West is going to be absolutely fascinating. Uh, we talked about Golden State. They're twelve and six. They're clearly one, right?
1: Yeah, I'll uh, say they lost tonight to the Spurs. That's what it was. Okay. So yeah, they fell a twelve and six. They're fine. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, we just talked about all this drama, and they're still no one in the West. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix is three and twelve, they're bad. They're tanking, obviously. And everyone else is between seven, nine, eleven, five. I'd say all within just a couple games of each other. Yeah. I mean it's kinda of like it was last season, like one game does make a big difference. Exactly. So that's why
1: like at the beginning of the year when Oklahoma City got off to that 0 and four start. That matters. And it's like, is this now it so far, now, a few games later, we it's kinda of like, oh it didn't or it hopefully won't but at the same time like seeing how this has played out like it was a legit worry at the time yeah. like it really wasn't an overreaction to say like oh and four like this is terrible like this is really bad this team could not make the playoffs <laughs> yeah they've righted the ship now and so it's okay so thinking about like what's happening right now kind of decided to like break these teams up into tiers and mm-hmm. three kind of separate tiers Golden State doesn't even qualify for this because they're so far ahead, and Phoenix doesn't qualify because they're so far below. But what you're telling me, DeAndre Ayton isn't making like an impact in terms of the wins. Who knew? Hmm. Okay.
0: Luka um, Doncic getting wins against Golden State yeah. though. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll say, dudes.
0: Did you I was see his like twenty interview? points a game? Did you see his interview post game? Uh, I didn't watch it. No. So he uh, he had a interview, post game interview, and the reporter's like, "You've kind of been in this before." Like playing championship teams and like, you know, being in these situations. And he was like, Yeah, it's really no big deal.
1: <laughs> I'm used to it.
0: Like, what in the world? Like, what 19, 20 year old like, Yeah, I'm used to playing the NBA champions and like, no big deal. I had yeah, big buckets down the road.
1: Guarded down- Kevin Durant for the last quarter. Yeah, I know. Again, very clearly, some teams overthought that whole thing. Anyway, um,. So the first tier of teams we're going to talk about, uh, I just have a little description. So these are two teams that have talent, and it's come to fruition. Like, it's coming together as a team and producing high-quality wins. So the first one is Portland. Mm. And so Portland was a team that I was very not high on. You didn't have them making playoffs, I had right? them be the team that missed it by a game yeah. this year. So they're currently, at the time of this recording, 11-5. and five. Every game's been competitive. Mm. So even the ones they've lost, it's been... Like, they've been in the game. It's been reasonable. But this idea is why I still have a slight bit of skepticism, but they might, you know, built in such a cushion that... They end up still making it, right? or they're close. And it's this, that Dame is incredible. Oh my gosh. He's, you know, almost he's at 26 points per game, and tonight... Sunday night recording, he dropped 40. So that'll bump the average a little. <laughs> but um McCollum's at like 20 and a half points per, per game. Nurkic is at like 15 and a half points, ten and a half rebounds. He's played better this year. He has. But this next point is my problem with Portland. It's that no one else on this team is averaging double digit points. Like, Oof. I think Zach Collins was next. So the backup center. Is the guy who's at like nine and a half points per game. So, this is my problem. This is why I was skeptical of Portland in the first place. It's like, okay, yes, we know about Dane. We know about CJ. Nurkic will probably still put up numbers. What about everyone else? Yeah. And so far, I'm still concerned
0: about everyone else, <laughs> but they've won games. So, like, they can't really complain. I mean, it's every night it's been Lillard and what we'll call them, like, scoring big. It and, has to be. And getting big points. <laughs> And in the West that will win. in regular season that will win you games. When it comes to playoff time,
1: or is it know. gonna be like what happened against New Orleans where they just got swept and it's you just you can take one guy out and then say make everyone else beat us? Yeah. And then it very much proves that although I really like Alf Rukamino and I really like Mo Harkless as like players on mm. a team, they they can't be like your next guy. Evan Turner. Yeah, like I know. I've I've been through the Evan Turner experiment. Like I've lived it. <laughs> it doesn't work. So like This has been my problem with Portland, but it's worked out. Like they have talent, they they have a top couple guys, yeah, and then they have some good role players, and it's it's worked so far. My again, my concern's the same as it was last year. Like, is it going to work in the playoffs? So yeah. So I don't know. Um, That's my quick bit on Portland. The next team is going to be Oklahoma City. Then ten and five. Like we said, they started zero and four. They're ten and one cents. Yeah, like, that's a pretty incredible turnaround now. Yeah, um, most of those games without
0: Westbrook too. i would say they are. They're five and three without Russ this pretty year. Pretty good. So that's starting zero and three too. I think or no, zero and two.
1: Oh, yeah. two. oh two, yeah. So then they're five and one in the last several games without Russ. So that's that's nice. I like that Paul George and Westbrook. I know George has played, I think every game, and Westbrook's only played about half. Yeah, they're both averaging twenty four point one points per game, like exactly <laughs> that's the same. Amazing. So I think that's a nice balance. And it, it hasn't felt your turn, my turn. Quite as much has just been
0: basketball. They- I, I think you can clearly tell Donovan has a plan for them. He never had a plan for Melo coming in, and I think that's when things got taken off course last yeah. year. Um, they do that. Uh, so they screen for each other so much or do a dribble handoff so much that it, it makes it tough to guard. Um but George, is, uh, I, I, I said a couple of weeks ago on this podcast that uh, I was concerned about Paul George, and I was disappointed in his play. Ever since then, he's been averaging like 30 points, like I'm seven saying. assists and like three rebounds or something like that. Or maybe the assists and rebounds are flipped. Probably I switch. Yeah, switch. Um and he's just dominated. And he's like put shot like 50% from the floor, like 40-something percent from three. I'd say he's starting to feel it. He's starting to get better. And I kind of said that I think he will figure it out as the season goes. I didn't expect him to turn around this quick.
1: Be like, oh, yeah. It's like he remembered who Paul George was three years yeah. ago in Indiana whenever he was like challenging LeBron.
0: Right. Like,
1: all of a sudden, like that just came back, yeah, and it's really good to see because he's on this max deal, and this is what everyone thought he still had in him, and it's finally coming back. So, yeah, as a season total, knowing he had some down games, he's at 24 points, uh, he's at eight rebounds and four and a half assists, two and a half steals per game. That's pretty good.
0: Like, he, I think, he leads the league in steals.
1: I say like, he's. He's up there if he's not leading the league. Yeah, and the three-point percentage has risen to 35.6% from three. So, I mean, that's right around average, and it'll probably get better considering how bad it started. So, yeah, that's, I think, uh, super encouraging that even without Westbrook, the team is still proven to be good. The next point I had, though, was I think... Maybe Russ being out has helped them figure out this rotation a little bit. Yeah. In terms of like who can play and who can't. Being a Thunder fan, I feel like you've lived this experiment like for a lot. few years. Like it's been
0: since it's been the 16 year since. When Kevin was here in Oklahoma City, I say here, uh, was in Oklahoma City, and they had that run in the playoffs, push the Warriors 3-1. It felt like it took them a season and a half to figure out who the heck could play. And, like, it was Donovan's first year, whatever. But ever since then, it's like the role players have just been so blah. Like, yeah. Everything have. else, like Jeremy Grant's been good. He's been better. Abrinas finally is... Turning it on this season, like he—I don't know what it is. He so got married over the summer. That, like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chalk it up to that. Sure. Uh, yeah, he's shooting well. He's shooting really well. Uh, Terrence Ferguson is starting to come into something like a nice defensive three and D kind guy. of. Yeah, he still can't play offense, but like he can kind of shoot the ball a little bit. He can cut. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a less of a Andre Robertson. Yeah, poor man's Andre Robertson. <sighs>
1: Yeah Uh, You got You went and got Schroeder Schroeder's been playing well Pat Pat's still something he can still knock down threes so like if that's what you want him to do he can do it you the team feels like they found a gym in Hami Diallo yeah so uh, like I guess that's nice you still have Raymond Felton if you need him good god
0: I swear to god if he plays minutes when Russ gets back I'm gonna pull my hair out
1: <laughs> but like he he's probably a nice guy to have on the bench at the very least of uh, sure like a sure. vet guy yeah yeah and then the last guy who, like, I'm actually really glad this is working out, like, New Noel. Dude's been balling out. I'd say he's averaging, like, I feel like three blocks a game. I'm not sure about that. I think it's, like, two and a half.
0: But, like, he's actually a good backup center. He's good, and he's, he had one game where he went for, like, 20-something, 20 25 and, like, I think Adams was out,
1: and yeah. so he got the start. And all he does is, he, if he actually does it, he runs the floor. And he blocked shots. If Clint
0: Compella can get, what, five years? 90 million. 90 million. I don't know why Nerlens couldn't get that from a team. <laughs> he got offered something like that, and he turned it down and bet to, on himself. Yeah, it's come to Oklahoma City. I, I honestly think that's probably in his price range. Um, he's been really good. Adams has been spectacular this season. Like, he is Oklahoma City's Draymond without... The way he talks, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, he's that physical presence. Like, when you run into a CNN screen, you know it. It's Uh, ridiculous. uh, The dude's a friggin' monstrosity uh, in terms of just, like, getting offensive rebounds. I think, uh, speaking of Aiden, uh, I think he had a quote because the Suns and Thunder played last night that said something about, like... Aiden felt like that was his welcome to the league moment Whenever I think there was an offensive rebound And like Stephen Adams Like essentially just like shoved him out of the way (laughs) And got the offensive rebound Uh, Yeah that's pretty incredible Yeah it's been fun watching Oklahoma City I'm not getting a heart attack Every time someone not named Paul George Or Russell Westbrook puts up a shot now So that's nice That's true So I think
1: And I've been saying it they They have top three talent in the west yeah and my thing was like they're gonna be a top three team and that start had me a little worried but they've come back to it now they are sitting as the third team yeah so uh oklahoma city so far figured it out we'll we'll see if they can keep going then that leads into the next tier of teams I have, which this is the teams that just play super hard. Mm. And according to the record, they're the next best teams in the West. And so that's going to be the Los Angeles Clippers and the Memphis Grizzlies. And somehow both of these teams at the time of this recording are sitting at 10 and five. Like, I don't know how. <laughs> and you said it earlier, like what What do either of these teams have
0: that makes them good and I, I don't know <laughs> I like I like Los Angeles they have some nice pieces like Tobias Harrison or Harris Harris sorry I, Harrison not gun Tobias Harris um, and uh, Lou Williams like those Love are sweet Lou le, those are good players Their team's full of good players I don't But that's the issue It's just good Like there's no superstar
1: (laughs) Yeah So they've won a lot of Close games this year Their only losses Are to playoff teams They beat Golden State That was the That was the blow up Yeah the thing that, State game. Yeah, and so it's like they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They're competitive against everyone. And if they do lose, it's because they fought hard and they just didn't have the star talent to win yep. it at the end. But like you said, Tobias Harris, he's at like 21 points per game this year. Danilo Gallinari is staying healthy. He's at 20 points and per game. That's only
0: 15 games. I'll <laughs> say, I don't trust it.
1: I'll say, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm banking on Gallo playing 70 games this year, but like he's shown why He was given the contract he was given. Like, he can put the ball in the bucket. It's nice to have... And like you said, guys like Patrick Beverly, Sweet Lou, Shea Gildas-Alexander, their draft pick. He's He's been playing Looks good. Like, they have things. Boban and whatnot. (laughs) But like, Montrezl Harrell, just these classic dudes who is just like... Basically, any team in the NBA would be like, yeah, I want that dude for that contract that you have him on. And they've just put it all together on a team. And it's 10-5, and and I don't think the win percentage is sustainable. But if you're asking, are they going to get to 40 to 48 wins,
0: I would say they're going to be in that range. Did they have this hot hot start last year where they maybe went like... 12-2 12-2 or something like that, and then just, like, drastically fell it off. off. Like, I mean, I guess they injuries did trade Blake, uh, so that team changed, but I don't know. It's an interesting team. I don't know. I don't think I had them in my playoffs. West I didn't. playoffs. No. Um,
1: I had them as my next team after Portland, so it was a 10
0: Could they Indiana their way to the playoffs and just, like, play hard enough to get in, maybe?
1: Just play hard literally every night and catch Golden State sleeping. Yeah. catch Houston sleeping. Like, maybe. And part of me doesn't—I don't want to say this, but I would borderline be disappointed if, you know, a team like—let's just say— Let's just throw out there like New Orleans doesn't make the playoffs because I really want to see Anthony Davis Mm. in the playoffs. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather see AD than Tobias Harris. Sure. Like... And most people would agree to that. I mean, Superstars are what run the stuff. Yeah, league. Tobias Harris is not a superstar. But at the same time, like if the Clippers just come out and play hard every night, like that's worth something. But then it gets into the whole discussion, like we just had with Portland. Like, okay, you come play hard and you win a bunch of regular season games, but what happens in the playoffs? Like, you get bounced real quick. Yeah. So I'm afraid that's going to be their destiny. But I can appreciate the total team effort of the Clippers. And like Doc Rivers, kind of proven like. Like, he can still coach. Like, it wasn't just CP3 and Blake just doing things before. It was
0: Doc Rivers, too. Uh, Yeah, I watched this video analysis of um, how they run Lou Williams in, like, this, like, triangle-type offense. And um, it's kind of interesting. He's a really good, fascinating player. And I wish he would get on a better team. He's one of those dudes, like, he would be so much fun. On, like, a ultra contender. Like, a legit contender. Well, he was on Houston before he got traded for
1: Chris oh Ball. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I get the point, though. Like, what if he did get flipped? Like, I'm just throwing this out there just because. But, like, what if he went to, like, Milwaukee and he was, like, their guy off the bench? <laughs> like, you can still start Eric Bledsoe and, I don't know, maybe close with Bledsoe some games. Maybe not. I don't know. But, like, just, like, that dude off the bench. Like how cool
0: would that be. I would love that. I would I would buy a freaking Lou Williams jersey yeah. for Answell Milwaukee Milwaukee Bucks uh player because that guy's so much fun to watch and he deserves to That'd it. be great on that team. That would be so much fun. Uh can't do more trade machine things though yeah. on this podcast. Well, we're, we're, uh, we're tapped out. Uh so do you want to talk about more about Memphis? I'm super interested by them. Again,
1: it's just like how are you winning games? Yeah. Because even their best players, Conley and Gasol, are at like nineteen and seventeen points per game respectively. Again nope those guys aren't stars anymore like they're not superstars I guess if you I guess they're stars but they're not superstars Conley is on a huge deal Gasol's at the end of a huge deal Jaron Jackson Jr. their draft pick number four overall is playing fairly well but then they just have a bunch of misfits after that like between Shelvin Mack and Marshawn Brooks and Garrett Temple and slow-mo Kyle Anderson <laughs> I forgot that he was there he's on that team and they've had injuries even like Jermichael Green their starting power forward's been out Wayne Selden has been getting power forward minutes even though he's a very clear two guard like yeah. two three combo but it's because he's really physical he plays the four sometimes as like their back up four behind Jaron
0: Jackson like that's the team and and they're ten and five and I don't get it because that was like half the ones they had last year too
1: yeah it was and so like again probably not sustainable I would say, that for me, I would say the chances are less sustainable for them than the Clippers, um, just because the Clippers have a more complete team. And I like the Clippers' coach, Doc Rivers, more than I like Memphis's, J.B. Bickerstaff. Uh, so Memphis probably doesn't stay afloat long-term. Sure. But at the very least, they could have some very real one year trade asset guys not even like talking about Gasol and Conley but like the other guys if again a contender or someone who thinks they're a contender needs a piece needs that bench guy Memphis probably has that yeah. if, if someone wants it so I don't think 10 and 5 is sustainable for them but it's it's encouraging that Jackson Jr is playing he looks like a viable NBA player. Conley still is something and Gasol is still something, I guess. Like I, I don't think Gasol gets don't know. traded at some
0: point this year. If he stays I, healthy.
1: If if he can, yeah. Again, I don't know how many teams are looking for a guy that old on a big deal. Yeah. Like Mark Gasol is on. I guess I could see it his his style of play still fits the modern NBA. Yeah. Passes, shoots. He's not like, just this big
0: physical guy necessarily. He's not what he once was. He couldn't post up score. I don't think as well anymore. Um no. but he can stretch fo- like he can hit threes. He can stretch the floor. Yeah.
1: He's at 24 million this year. Next year's a player option for him at mm. 25 and a half. And he's like Marcus Alls not turning down twenty five. Five and a half million dollars, no way. Unless he just really hates this scenario, like this situation, like if he got <laughs> yeah. traded somewhere and he's like, I hate it. Here. He's
0: had like a new coach like every other year. Yeah, tired Memphis,
1: Memphis just keeps cycling through guys. Yeah. So unless he were to get traded somewhere, he's picking that up. And uh, so do you want to pay Marcus All 25 and a half million dollars? And there's a 15% trade kicker, so that yeah. would actually go up a little bit more, being closer to 30. Yeah. Don't like, love that. The, really the more you that. talk about it and, like, realize it, you're like, ah, oh, that's probably not happening. Yeah. But if if Memphis just went on a hard tank, though, I guess it could Which happen. Which
0: they should be. They shouldn't be trying to win.
1: I'll say, I don't know if the 10-5 and stars is a good thing for them or not, but it's happened.
0: I mean, like, the other teams in the West who would be taking are kind of, like... I think the Clippers, you could argue, should be ta- tanking. I'd say Minnesota should be. The Suns are just better at it because they've yeah. been doing yeah, it so long. <laughs> I'd say Dallas
1: is 7-9 and nine right now. We're not really going to talk about Dallas or Minnesota um, on this, but there are teams that like. it's nice to be competitive, but if they happen to drop a few games, I don't think that's the they're not worst thing.
0: thing. They're no. not going to try to lose, actively lose, but they're also not gonna try to beat everyone. That's what I'm thinking. Like,
1: I've been saying this with the Knicks this year. Like, yeah. The Knicks want to be within 10 or 15 points on every single game, and they pretty much are. But then you just have a bunch of 20. 20- Two year olds out there, and so yeah, you're gonna lose the game. But like, they're developing and they're actually building good habits, but they're losing. Like, that's a good thing for the Knicks. Yep. Yeah. Like,
0: they'll flip it around. They will. Yeah, that's what I wonder if like some of these teams need to start concentrating. Just realize, okay, bit, Golden State's winning this year. Let's pump the brakes on yeah. going 10 and 5 to start the season. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of,
1: those two teams just kind of get their own tier for hard playing teams. And then there's everyone else. So, we're not throwing Minnesota in this because I think they're going to fall off. Mm. And then Dallas, between just who they have, I just don't think it's sustainable. Like, I'm all here for Luca, But... Eventually, Wes Matthews is going to get hurt. Like eventually Harrison Barnes is going to get hurt again or he's going to fall off. De'Andre is probably not going to play the full year. So I just anticipate them just kind of naturally falling off. Um, again, probably a good thing. But that leaves a bunch of teams still in this. They have talent, but they're still figuring it out category. So in this would be Denver, New Orleans, Houston, Los Angeles, the Lakers, Utah, and the Spurs. So all these teams at or a game above or a couple games above 500 trying to either figure out what happened at the beginning of the year. Like Oklahoma City had a terrible start. They figured it out. Mm. Houston had a terrible start, but is just now starting to figure it out. So they didn't figure out quite as early as a team like Oklahoma City. So these are the type of teams we're at, either teams that are starting to fall off or teams that just had a terrible start and are starting to figure it out. So first I had Denver, because Denver's still sitting at 10 and 6, and everyone was like on the Denver bandwagon mm. after, like, the first
0: ten games, because they were, like, 9-1. I, sa- I said on the... I'll publicly own that I said the Denver Nuggets are better than Houston Rockets. Still not a terrible take, though. I stand
1: by it. For yeah. now. So, they've lost five of their last six, and so that's why the record is the way it is. But, again, all close games, and... The, kind of this weird idea. Like, all a bunch of dudes who are, like, in their early 20s. Like, Jamal Murray's is still young. Like, Gary mm-hmm. Harris is still young. Nikola Jokic is still young. Will Barton's out. Like, he's been hurt for a couple weeks. So the only guy on that team is, like, Paul Millsap, who actually knows what he's doing in, like, crunch time. Yeah. So Denver is a team that, like... As much as they're 10 and 6, they could easily be, you know, 12 and 4, 13 and 3. It's just sometimes the ball doesn't bounce the way, you know, it was. So, 13, I'm not really, like, concerned about. Jokic is averaging 18, 10, and 8 in only 30 minutes a game. Will Bar... Like, can you believe that? He's only averaging, like... And it's, like, 29.7. Like, I rounded up to 30 minutes a game. And then... just because they don't have to play him that
0: much. Did you see that fake block pass that he had? That's stupid. It's <laughs> that so stupid. Like, for those of if you haven't seen the clip, he was out on the three-point line. Paul Millsap was cutting to the rim. Someone was closing out on him. And he passed it to Paul Millsap, but made it look like he got blocked or <laughs> shot it. Like, it, it was the weirdest pass. It. It's... I don't know, creative create passing that we haven't seen in a minute. Yeah. From us big man.
1: I love it. It was awesome. Anyway, and, continue. And I was just going to say, Will Barton's going to be back in probably a couple weeks. He's starting to shoot around. Um, so that'll be nice, kind of help out the depth. So I I still think Denver's fine. They're still going to make the playoffs. I have him as a, I predicted that it'd be a top four seed. Mm. In the West, I, I'm still on that because kind of the whole point of this segment. Who else is figuring it out right now? Right. The only teams above them, Golden State, Portland, Oklahoma City, and then some tryhards. So, as <laughs> as much as anything, like Denver still has room to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm here for it. We're not going to talk really much on them because we've talked about them a pretty decent amount yeah. um, between our other pods. The one I do want to talk a little more about, though, is New Orleans. I think you said
0: a couple weeks ago they were going to fall off. I, I said they were like, had... Either we're undefeated or one loss. And one of my hot takes, I think, when that first week overreactions, um, I said something along the lines of New Orleans gonna fall off hard. There's no way that they could. They have three big guys who are like shooting like 50%. Yeah. Like that's just not sustainable. Like Anthony Davis is good, but he's also been injured, which we've talked about a lot, is that he's missed games. Julius Randle has fallen off, kind of. Um, he hasn't played as well as yeah. he did at the beginning of the start. Uh, I think the biggest thing there, though, is... Um, uh, Oh my gosh! I just totally brain farted their point guard's name. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Thank you so much. Uh, Drew Holiday just has played well. Like I watched him the other night, and he was just missing everything. I'd say defensively, he's still himself, but yeah, the
1: ball is just not. Again, just sometimes like the ball just doesn't go in, and like yeah. his the stroke looks fine. Like it looks, good. looks wrong. He was
0: getting good looks, like elbow jump shots, like jump shots that he should be taking, and they were. just just rimming out for the most part and some like it just happens like it's the same way like
1: we were saying not the same type of shooter but clay started the year at like 13 percent from three right like we know he's not 13 percent shooter from three but like it just wasn't going in drew holiday like yeah sometimes it just doesn't go in yeah <laughs> you can't really explain it But then the fact that, like, A.D. missed three games already this year. Like, if he's out and you're not playing well, then, like, yeah, it just kind of creates this crap show. So, New Orleans got off to, like, a good start. And then they lost six straight and part of that was AD was out. Yeah. He would come back for like a game and then he'd be out again. He was just trying to rush back. He probably, you know, should have just taken it easy. But now they've kind of figured it out. Now they've won uh, five of six. AD's at, <laughs> ridiculous numbers, 27 and a half points per game, 13 rebounds, five <laughs> assists and three blocks. Like no one seven feet tall should <laughs> be able to do what he does. And yet, he does
0: it. Those numbers are incredible. Like, we've talked about—I throw about—I feel like I throw out, like, MVP-esque so much on this podcast and just in talks with you about the NBA. But Anthony Davis, like, those are legit MVP—like, you can make a case for him winning the MVP, like, right now. He was my
1: 1B. I had Giannis 1A and, mm. and 1B. Like— <laughs> He's just... He carries that team. Like, that team does not exist without him. This team is not a playoff team without him. So, yeah, no, it's all him. So, my big thing on them, though, is they have to figure out this wing depth. Mm-hmm. You've talked about this before. Like, three of their four best players are Julius Randle, Nikola Miritich, and Anthony Davis. Well, you can't play all of them at the same time. Like, Drew Holiday's the top four player on that team. But, like, you can't be playing Miritich at the three. Like, Chicago no. did it, and no. we saw how that worked out for Chicago. No. So, okay, if Miritich can't play the three, I mean, spacing-wise, he can play the three, but he can't actually. Actually, do it. Like you have dudes like who can't play at the same time together. Mm. It's the same convert It's you know different names, different reasons, but it's the same situation in conversation we've had about Philly. Like you can't play fultz Simmons, and Embiid <laughs> at the same time. Like yeah. you just can't do it. Yeah. And this is kind of the same thing. Like, at what point does this start costing you? Like games that that, you don't have wings like Etoan Moore can play the two Drew Holiday can play the one and you just have no one to play the three like you just really don't and unless Alfred Payton's starting and then you can bump Holiday down to the two Moore down to the three like that's the only way this team has wing depth at all but, but then, Alfred Payton has a yeah, broken finger. Then now. You talked about it. <laughs> like, and that doesn't sound like a, like, oh, Alfred Payton like broke a finger on his left hand, his non shooting hand. Okay, well he's out for. Mid- they haven't said that I've seen, but I'm guessing anywhere from like two to six weeks. Like that's two to six weeks where New Orleans has to play a Western Conference schedule, and their wing depth is just kind of shot now because they didn't have any to start with. Wes Johnson is like having to play, and they got him <laughs> off the scrap heap from the Clippers. <laughs> Like, that, yeah, that's kind of where this team's at. Like, they have to figure this out.
0: They they allegedly called about Jimmy Butler. They, they had, as New Orleans front office, you have to find a way to make that trade happen. Apparently,
1: what I had heard was that Minnesota said they wanted Drew Holiday in the deal. Mm-hmm. And so they were... Not looking to do the deal at that point. Then, and I could see that for Minnesota, like playing Teague, and then Holiday at the two, Wiggins at the three, and Cat in there, and then probably Taj because yeah, Taj. But like, I understood why they were asking for him, but to me, I'm like. Wouldn't Julius Randle also fit the mold that, yeah. like, Thibodeau would want? So why couldn't you try and... I mean, I know it's too early to send out Julius Randle because of when he signed and everything. They can't trade him until December. But, like, and maybe that was the problem is, like, the deal just couldn't get done in time. But, like, a Julius Randle, Etwan Moore, and a pick or something like that. Yeah. Like, Darwin, some young player like Frank Jackson who... Play point guard or Duke like two years ago, like to me that could have got the deal done too. I don't know, but they got to figure out the swing situation. I don't yeah. know. What, I don't know what that's going to be though I, for this team. Like again, that have to get into the old trade machine and really look through that. But like, this is a very real need, and you've talked about it. Like you got to impress Anthony Davis. Yeah, you, know, you got to make him want to stay.
0: Yeah, I think uh, oh, man, I. I I don't know what to do with New Orleans. I don't know if uh, they seem to me like a French playoff team. I don't remember if I had them making playoffs or not. Um, I think I had them at like a six, but off the top of my head. But I don't know. I, I I like the pieces they have. I like the players they have. It's just like they're missing that one big thing, in which you've just gone in great in depth about is the is the wing. Like, you need someone... Today's NBA, you can't make it without, like... Race. Right. Right. The, the most valuable thing in the NBA. Most valuable thing, by far. And... Who's guarding Kevin Durant? In a series.
1: Exactly. And that's what they got into, like, who's gonna guard anyone. And so, like, the idea that I've heard floated around is, like, they should actively be calling Washington... Every single day, and he's asking for Brad Beale or auto porter, <laughs> just like
0: okay. ask so much until they're just like whatever. Fine. You, you can stop calling us. Yeah, you can have whatever. Do the Shawshank Redemption where the guy writes a letter every day to the <laughs> congressman until he gets it. just, it's just like library. stop, stop, stop emailing, exactly. stop calling us. We're we're done. We just have someone. Just
1: take them every hour on the hour. Yeah, calling Washington, trying to number 1 Brad Beal. Try and get Brad Beal. And if you can't, try and get Otto Porter. Like I don't know, I don't know how many other options there are out there, but they might miss the playoffs. And if they miss the playoffs, I feel like that's going to be the tipping point. That's Anthony Davis. Davis checking out because he would still I think he would have another year left on his contract still. But that He's be forcing like, a trade. Yeah, that'd be like a, get me out of here. Yeah. And Anthony Davis doesn't seem like the type of dude who would do like what Jimmy Butler just did mm. in the same so type publicly. of situation. Yeah, but hopefully it'd be one of those. Like, Jimmy said four days after their season ended, he told them, I want out. Yeah. And they didn't do anything. And I wonder if it'd be a similar thing. Like Anthony Davis says, I want out. Like the yep. season ends however it is, Says, I want out. And maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. But this might. This is your last chance. Yeah. This is very realistically your last chance to impress Andy. You have to be all in. Have to be. That's the thing. Like saying all in could mean like, oh, let's make some like nice little moves at the trade and like get like those little side pieces that kind of help you out those buyout dudes. That's not. That's not all in. No. That's not like for New Orleans. That that's making a move. But that's not making a move for Anthony Davis. Like, you got to go do something. Like, you did something to go get Boogie. That was making a move. It kind of worked. Like, it honestly kind of worked. If it wasn't for the injury, like... It might have worked. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, you just, like, proved, like, that was the best your team has been. Like, that's the happiest, like, it seemed like Anthony Davis has ever been. Go try it one more time. And if it doesn't work, like, if you trade dudes away, you get an asset, you like you get that guy back and it fails, well, cool, Anthony Davis was leaving and your franchise was going to fail anyway. Like, you're, you're going to fail e- in, like, most of these scenarios. Right.
0: So why not shoot your shot? You're, you're, there's no benefit to not trying. Exactly.
1: Like, Anthony, I don't. Unless you were just so confident that Anthony Davis is just going to resign, like don't, he's just going to take the supermax.
0: Don't be the Cleveland Cavaliers the first time LeBron left, where the best player you have had was like an aging Shaquille O'Neal. Exactly. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't have that scenario. Anyway, enough about New Orleans. Uh, Let's talk about Houston next. Yeah, going on a couple quicker ones.
1: Houston's after that abysmal start uh, has won seven of their last nine to get up to an eight and seven record. James Harden's been hot; Mm. like he's just been cooking. He's averaged thirty one points per game over his last four to bump up his percentages to forty three percent from the field and thirty six percent from three. Although he may not average thirty-one, he might average something close to it, and I bet those percentages keep going up. If M V P hangover? Maybe. To be honest, like I know I personally talk a lot of crap on Mellow mm. because it's fun to talk mm. crap on Mellow. Yeah. But the bigger problems were James Harden was playing poorly and Chris Paul was playing poorly. Like neither of those dudes were having MVP caliber years. Those dudes weren't really even having all-star caliber years, like, up to that point. So that was the much bigger problem. And Harden has figured it out the last few. Chris Paul's starting to figure it out. Capella's kind of just himself. He does what he does. Eric Gordon still hasn't figured it out. He's had a terrible start to the year. Mm -hmm. But... They're they're above five hundred. They've somehow with the very literally the worst bench in the NBA <laughs> figured this out for now. They're the team that they don't. I don't think they need to go make like the major move like we just talked about in New Orleans, but they need to go just rid the buyout market yeah. and all those types of guys.
0: Like they need to go after every single one. Of they them. need. Uh, Defensively, they still have lots of issues. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the most concerning thing to me about Houston. Uh, they might win, end up winning a ton of games in the regular season, but when it comes crunch time, like, do you trust Chris Paul on Russell Westbrook now? Do you trust anybody on Paul George? Like, Who do you have to guard Paul George? I,
1: I guess you still have B.J. Tucker. I guess, but, like...
0: He's one dude.
1: Yeah, he's a guy. and he P.J. Tucker can't play the whole game. I like P.J. Tucker. He does a lot of good things, but, like, he's he can't fix everything mm-hmm. between him and then Capella just playing at the rim. But even so,
0: like, the NBA isn't where Capella can just stand there the whole time anymore. Right. So, what, yeah. And what if problems? you get this next team we have? What if Houston gets bad draw? And guess what? Now you're playing LeBron James in the first round of the yeah. Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, Le-
1: the Lakers currently sitting at 9-7, seven, one six of 8. Team's figuring out. LeBron's doing LeBron things. It's typical, like, 28-8 and 7. But then other people are figuring it out. Kuzma's at 17-5. and five. Ingram's at 15. Four rebounds, two and a half assist. JaVale's at 14. Seven rebounds, three blocks a game. Like, the team's... I think it's, like, each player has come into an understanding of who they are. Mm. Like, Rondo being out, I wonder how this affects things. But if Lonzo just realizes, like, I don't have to score 20 points. I just have to get out of the way. Get out, like, 10 points and play defense and pass the ball. Like, if Lonzo can do that, if Ingram can just kind of be what he has been, if Kuzma can be what he has been, Josh Hart, JaVale, and just be like, yeah, we have LeBron, just give him the ball and do whatever he says. Like, the team will probably be okay.
0: The (laughs) – I didn't realize that Lonzo was averaging eight points – Uh, five-ish rebounds, five-ish assists, 39% from the field, 36 from three. That's not awful. I feel like every time we see each other, we make fun of, like, oh, yeah, Alonzo airballed another three the other night. It's kind of going in. But kind of this,
1: like, I wasn't kidding about If Alonzo can just be around 10 points per game and just do everything else well... Not worth the second pick. No. (laughs) But, like, that's for what this team this year is, and just kind of being a middle-of-the-pack playoff team, just Mm -hmm. proving, like, we have things. I think if he can just be that, like, that's kind of a win. Yeah. And then grow him. Like, I actually don't... He hasn't lived up to the hype, but I don't mind where
0: Lonzo is in his development. Right? Yeah, now. like it's it's fine. Yeah, it helps. My point earlier, I, I guess I never finished this. PJ Tucker guarding LeBron did not work when he was in Toronto. Exactly. <laughs> and, well, it doesn't work for many guys. But it but. doesn't like that's the thing. Houston, let's say Houston draws the four, and Los Angeles ends up at the five. Guess what? You're yeah. you're playing the best player in the world and series 1. First round.
1: I'll say you don't even get to you don't even get the chance to go play Golden State.
0: Who's winning?
1: I'm picking Los Angeles to win that series. I'm not picking Houston. I'll say I'll, I'll bet on LeBron getting at least through a playoff series. Like, oh, it's kind of hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: honestly, like well, either of those teams are like they have talent ish. The Lakers have the meme squad, the Houston might have less than the meme squad. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a weird. One thing, like, Lonzo can play
1: defense. Like, Lonzo's a good defender. He's long enough to yeah give like, people issues. Be a problem. Josh Hart's a really nice defender. Yeah. Like, those are guys, like, okay, there's one for Chris Paul and there's one for James Harden. LeBron can kind of play free safety and. Everyone else is what everyone else is. Like I would live with that if I'm LA and just bank on LeBron doing things. Yeah, Houston, they could. You could get to the playoffs, and maybe they have kind of "quote unquote" turned it around. But I'm not feeling good still. Mm-mm. I'm still not. No. We had a couple of teams left here uh, to talk about here in the West, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about who we think will fall off, who we think emerges, and then our game of the week. Utah right now is at 8 and 8. Utah to me is the most inconsistent team. I had them as like top 3 in the west and I don't feel good about it and at all. I said I I didn't think they were ready to take the step. And so then my idea here is that currently Utah's twenty second in offensive rating, which is not totally unexpected. Like we we know their calling card is not offense. Last year they were sixteenth in offensive rating. So middle of Okay, yeah, you got kind of a slow start. You're right behind where you were. Okay, that's fine. Honestly, whatever. The concerning part is last year they were first in defensive rating, and this year it's fallen off to fourteenth, and Rudy Gobert's played. Like Rudy Gobert is still a thing for this team, and they're only Fourteenth in defensive rating, like that, to me is the bigger concern. Is yeah, you hang your hat on this idea. It's the same conversation we've had with Tom Thibodeau. Like you hang your hat on defense, your team isn't playing defense. Utah hangs their hat on defense, and they are. But you are an average defensive team. Whenever you should be great, top five in the league defense, and you're just not. So as much as like the offense is sputtering, we. We know that. Like, we just know that Utah doesn't play well. Like, we know Ricky Rubio catching fire it does not happen. Like, mm-hmm. it it will in the playoffs or, for like, a game or two in the playoffs. But, like, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. We know what Rudy Gobert is on offense. We know what Jay Crowder is on offense. We know what Joe Ingles is. That's a good player. Yeah. But <laughs> headband Joe. Yeah. God, he got a nasty gash on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of become funny now, but, like, it's a net, like... He's okay, it's good. But then you have a guy, Donovan Mitchell, who's your star, and he is basically your offense. And last year it worked out. This year it's not working out. Mm. He's he's forty one percent from the field and twenty nine percent from three. So that'll get better. Yeah. The offensive rating will slightly increase. Mm-hmm. But I'm not I'm not sure what to do with Utah in terms of defense and then
0: what does this team do to get better? Yeah, I think the favors go bear thing is interesting still. They haven't really figured that out. They paid favors this offseason, I want to say. Yeah, it's. A, I think it's a one-year deal, though, or a team option on the second year. So, um, I still think they're figuring that out. He's kind of shooting threes, which is interesting. He's not good at it, but he is shooting threes. Um, I think that... Interest, the more concerning thing, not interesting thing, um, is Donovan Mitchell struggling, like you said. he's He had like 35 points on like 30-something shots the other night. He's not efficient. And he didn't have any assists, which is not
1: good for this team. They, they need him to be a playmaker. Yeah. And sometimes that means being
0: a scorer, but sometimes that doesn't. And it, it's tough because, like, Rubio's not necessarily a shooter either. We've talked about, like, the issues on Philadelphia with, like, a whole bunch of non shooters on the floor. If you have Gobert, Favors, and Rubio out there, yeah, I'd say,
1: unless it's like Angels is
0: really the only other shooter on that team who could get buckets yeah, from anybody.
1: Even coming off the bench, like, Jay Crowder, like, he can knock down an occasional three Corner at this point. 30. Yeah. Dante Exum's not a three-point shooter. Like, Alec Burks is supposed to be, but, you know, his career just never materialized yeah. like they thought it would be when they took him in the lottery a few years ago. Yeah, they just don't have shooting on this team. Yeah. And part of me is like, go make a move. And part of me is like, wait, it's Utah. Utah right. doesn't go make moves. Right.
0: Yeah, it, it's... it's <laughs> They're in a tough spot. I I think the defense will figure itself out. If they could get even top ten, that would be a big win for this yeah. team. Yeah. Um, just kind of getting back on that track. I think that Utah and Boston are kind of in the same category. I Mentally, I put them in the same category. They're kind of both struggling early on to figure out, like, what say is. Um We're both on the Jason Tatum bandwagon. I think we're both Both on the the Donovan Mitchell Mitchell. bandwagon. Both those players are not playing fantastic to start the season, kind of hitting a sophomore slump. I think these teams will figure it out. I trust their coaches. I trust their their franchises to turn it around. I don't know. They're in a peculiar peculiar
1: spot. 8-8. 8-8. Yeah. Well, that's was saying, like, they played Boston the other day, and Utah won, but the score was, like, I am say it was, like, 98 to 86. It was something oh. like that. Like, neither team hit 100. Like, it was an ugly game. And that was a game Donovan Mitchell went for, like, 30. Yeah. Like, it was a bad game. Yeah. <laughs> so... In that case, like they just found the other inept offensive team who's supposed to be good. So like yeah, I don't I just I don't know what to make of them. Yeah. And they're like one of those teams like I haven't figured out by now, fifteen to twenty games in. Like, I have a pretty decent idea on who a lot of these teams are. Like, even if I think it's not sustainable, like, I have an idea on who these teams are. Mm-hmm. Like, we know what Memphis is. Right. I don't think Memphis is sustainable, but I know what Memphis is. I don't
0: know what Utah is. Yeah, I don't know what they are. Their identity isn't their identity this year. Like you said, they're not that defensive juggernaut who you're not going to score 120 yeah. points on. Part of me is like. And that's okay when you're not great offensively. If you're not going to score, if you're going to score hundred points, okay. Well, any NBA team now should be able to score hundred points if you're not named the Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers. Exactly. So, pardon me. It's like if you talk and just get to the playoffs,
1: they're a team I wouldn't want to face. Right. Whereas, like we've been talking about with teams like Portland, maybe, or a, or a team like New Orleans or Denver, like. We think they're going to make the playoffs, but, like, are we scared of them making the playoffs? Eh, maybe... With Utah, if if it's one of those they can surge late in the year and make the playoffs, they're a team that I wouldn't want to catch. Yeah, in that first round as yeah. like a two seed. Like if if Oklahoma City draws Utah as like a two seed, that's seven not a good matchup. matchup. Like we saw it last year, and yeah. I don't mean to like just harp on that, but like the that idea for, or if Portland. Let's just say Portland somehow catches the two seed and they have to draw Utah in the first round. Like I think that's terrible. Yeah, like. Every That's position kind of that at. you're good at, they're just as good, if not better. Utah can take it away. And yeah. You know, best you can take away Dame or CJ or something like right, that. But yeah. The Derek Favors contract, by the way, it was a two-year, $37 million deal, and the second year's non-guaranteed. Okay. So they can get off of it this year if they want. And they don't have to even announce if they're waiving him until July 5th, whereas, like, agency starts on July first, yeah. So they don't have to like wave him right away. They can hold on to him and be like, "Oh, we didn't land the guy we wanted. Okay, now we can wave you." Yeah. So that's actually a really great team deal, and it's probably more per year than Derek Favors sure. thought he was going to get. So that's why he signed it. So yeah, that that experiment might come to a, an end here soon. The last team I want to talk about is San Antonio, mm. and it kind of sucks because I just gave them praise like the other week with like Demar and everything, and. Then you crap everywhere. So, (laughs) (laughs) what you say earlier? uh, Fit hits the the shan. shan? Yeah. Uh, So San Antonio's at eight and seven, and it's because they knocked off Golden State tonight. Like they moved above five hundred. They started six and two, and just been inept Mm -hmm. since. So, part of me has two concerns. One of them is. Jamar and L.A. as the superstar combo there. Although it doesn't... I feel like they work together. It's not producing the results that sure. the team wants. And I know Derek White's just coming back, and Pau Gasol now is kind of out, and I don't know for how long... But DeMar's net rating right now is only a positive 2.4, which for a superstar is pretty low. And if you're a team that's, like, pushing for a playoff spot or above that, or kind of a secured team, then having one superstar at a 2.4 net rating is not concerning. Like, that's, like, fine. But it's when your second superstar, and in this case, Lamarcus Aldridge, is a negative 1.1 net rating, that's, that's the worst superstar combo of... And an actual playoff team in the league. I, I didn't go look at Washington because at this point, I'm not sure if Washington's <laughs> going to go figure it out. Yeah. But I looked at every other team we've talked about today on this podcast, and all of them, their superstar combo has a much higher net rating sure. than this. Like It's like a plus 10 combined net rating, whereas the these two are a plus 1.3. Yeah. For whatever reason, and well, I can come up. I can tell you the reasons why they don't shoot threes and they don't shoot shots at the rim. Like they shoot tons of mid range, and they kind of have this just weird, awkward in between. Are we developing guys? Are we trying to win? Thing, and it's just you just like, oh, it's the Spurs. Well, yeah, it is the Spurs, but, like, that doesn't guarantee they're just going to knock off Utah <laughs> and New Orleans right. every night like you're used to.
0: The Kings are good this year. Like,
1: like, you can't just walk in there and be like, oh, we're the Spurs, and the Kings are like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, good one. Yep, you okay. guys won tonight. Congratulations. Like, there are less of those teams in the West this there year are. than ever
1: before. And, and that's a reality that I'm not sure... Even I've realized or fully took uh, into account for the year. Now, I had the Spurs barely squeaking in the playoffs. They were my eight. So I knew they would be down, but it it's looked ugly. And that's not something I'm used to seeing. I'm not used to seeing the Spurs play ugly basketball. And they just aren't. In the East, they probably make the playoffs. Oh, still, easy. But easy. like, it's not, like you were saying, that's not the situation. And they knocked off Golden State tonight, but then you're about to go on a trip where you're at New Orleans, you have the Grizzlies, you're at Indianapolis, and you're at Milwaukee. That's That could be four straight losses. Yeah, like, Those are all good teams, and those even are two really of them are in teams. the East. So, like, I think that speaks to how important that Golden State win tonight on Sunday was, because otherwise you could go on a – five-game losing streak real easily yeah. here. So, and even so, like, okay, they knocked off Golden State. You could still easily go on a four-game losing streak if Memphis comes out plays hard. If Anthony Davis just has an Anthony Davis game. If Indiana does their classic Indiana try-hard, kind of the same thing as Memphis. like right. That could be a terrible back-to-back of right. Grizzlies and then Indiana just getting beat up for 48 <laughs> straight minutes yeah. each. And then you play the... F- fighting Yanai. <laughs> so, like, with Giannis Antetokounmpo, like, that's no easy game. Like, you could very easily fall to 8-11 and 11 Absolutely. in a heartbeat if you're San Antonio. And part of me thinks that Greg Popovich understands that urgency, and DeMar and L.A. understand that, but I don't know what they're going to do differently. Kind of the same idea with Utah. Like, what are they going to do differently to change the
0: course of how the season has gone? Right. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't... I mean, San Antonio isn't the type of team to go out and make a deal, any sort of deal. Same idea with Utah. Like, yeah, don't expect them to go make a move. Right. So, I think those injuries have kind of thrown this team off a little bit. I think it would be a little bit better. I don't know how much better. I feel like... 40 to 45 wins with this team is reasonable. But I think that is reasonable.
1: I don't but know if that's a playoff team, though. Exactly. Like, what number is or is not a playoff team? Right. It's something in that 43 to 45 Rank 43 to 46, range, and that's right about where we're talking. San Antonio is probably going to be, and that's yeah. kind of why we said they're going to be a six to eight seed if they make it. What, it. what was it? One game separated the three to the nine? That's what knocked, yeah, or a couple games, yeah, yeah. two games. But whatever like, that's what knocked Denver out of the playoffs last year is Minnesota won the last game yeah. to get in. Like, instead of Denver like that's all it took. And so that's why like when we get into this next big question, who emerges from all this or doesn't. I'm not feeling great about San Antonio. And that's something that not a lot of people have said. And some people were saying before the year because I'll oh, demarc why that whole thing I felt slightly more confident. And I'm I'm pumping the brakes on the confidence with them. Yeah. I, but he's like, do you bet against Greg Popovich? It's no. Like, do you bet against LeBron not making it out of the first round? I can't. I, of course you think LeBron's going to make it out of the first round of the playoffs. So of course Greg Popovich is going to make it to the playoffs. What is it, like 15 seasons?
0: something like that. It's <laughs> ridiculous. That those Spurs have made the playoffs? Will they get bounced in the first round? Probably getting bounced in the first round isn't
1: unusual. Like they've got beat in the first round before, but them just not making it is it's, just a different story. Yeah. That's why I, I'm looking over these teams and I'm thinking we talked about Golden State's in, I imagine Portland stays in, I imagine Oklahoma City stays in, I imagine Denver stays in, Houston probably still does, the Lakers still do. That's six teams. So that's two spots. Yeah, so you have the Clippers, the Memphis Grizzlies, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Utah Jazz, and the San Antonio Spurs. You have five teams for two slots. And we even talked about this before the season when we were predicting who's going to make the playoffs and who's not. Like, someone has to miss. right? Right. So it's like... Okay, can either the Clippers or Memphis sustain? And by sustain, you mean take the place of New Orleans, Utah, or San Antonio? Maybe one of them can, but not both. I don't... Can the Clippers do it? I don't the Clippers think so. trade. If the Clippers trade for someone, they could probably do it. Probably... But part of me is, like, I don't know if they, if they will.
0: I don't think they will because they, they
1: have so much financial flex build. Yeah. If they didn't go get Jimmy, and maybe Minnesota wasn't willing to deal with the West. Yeah. But, like, they had the contracts and the assets to go get Jimmy. Oh, absolutely. And the, the, I never, like, heard them brought up. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because they were just like, we're not trading for Jimmy. Like, we'll sign him, but we won't trade for him. Maybe that was all, but, like... To me, that's the type of thing that would secure them in the playoffs. Sure. Knowing everything, like we talked about, they have a bunch of good stuff. Part of me wants to bet on one of those two getting in. Just, I don't know.
0: Just, Just I wanna see, for the like, sake of argument. For
1: the sake of a team getting in there and a team earning a spot. Yeah. Okay, so at leaves one spot for New Orleans, Utah, San Antonio. Part of me thinks it's going to end up being Utah. And that New Orleans misses. faces New Orleans faces their ultimate death and San Antonio is that one game out type of thing. Yeah.
0: I it's hard because like we've talked about, I feel like we've harped on, one or two games is yeah. gonna kill you. And like nine and seven, eight and eight, eight and seven. That's like what that's like all these teams. What do you what Like, if you put New Orleans and San Antonio on the floor, New Orleans has the best player in that matchup. I would bet on um, New Orleans winning that. If Anthony Davis is healthy, I don't see why they couldn't win that game. Why they shouldn't win that game. If you put Pelicans and Jazz on the same floor, like... They still have the best player. Like, that's the thing. Maybe just by default, New Orleans will get in because yeah. they have the best,
1: best player. Yeah, that it, it's kind of like one of those. It just completely depends on if Anthony Davis is on the floor. If he's on the floor in a single game, I'm probably betting on Anthony Davis. <sighs> yeah, but that's kind of the point here. Like, with all these West teams that, like, want to make the playoffs, like, you can't. Very literally, not everyone can.
0: If and so put, I don't know how to figure this out. If you put a gun to my head, I would probably say the San Antonio Spurs, because I'm trusting Greg Popovich. They somehow make it. They somehow make it. Bryn Forbes hits like a three <laughs> The most like San Antonio <laughs> thing ever. Yeah, if you put a gun to my head, I'm saying San Antonio. I, I wouldn't... Be shocked. Yeah. But I I don't know. Again, it's like okay, maybe Utah just has a weird off year and they don't make the playoffs. Fine. Like your your superstar didn't play that well this and year. That happens though. That like that's happens. happened in the past. That I mean Houston has been the eighth seed before with James Harden. Uh New Orleans.
1: New Orleans is usually like the seven or eight seed if they make it.
0: Anthony Davis is probably gonna get hurt more. Like he's already missed three games. What, they played fifteen games?
1: Yeah. So if he's missing 20% of your year, do you think you can still make the play? Oh, no.
0: the answer is no, not in the West. In the East, sure, absolutely. They should probably be in the East anyway because.
1: New Orleans, yeah.
0: There's. whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the point is, like, you can't win games without your best players on the floor, especially if you just have one. I know Like Oklahoma City can get by it now Because they have Paul George But that's why you go out and trade for Paul George Is in case Russ gets hurt Because you know Russ gets hurt
1: Yeah Like Milwaukee wouldn't be Milwaukee If they didn't have Giannis Like we know that like, they might, in the East days, still make the playoffs, but, like, it's not They're the same not team. They're not the same team. Not at all. Like, you know, no. we've seen what Charlotte is without Kemba. Like, Dumpster like, fire. Just trash. Like, <laughs> sometimes when you only have A-star, like, you are you are very literally a top five tank team yeah. versus a playoff team. Right. Like,
0: the, these great players have that dramatic of an impact. I don't know. It, it's we're, tough. It, it's it's gonna be so interesting to watch this because this isn't just like an April push or a March push or a February push. This is a whole season fight for us. these Western Conference teams. And I think this is when like we're starting to realize
1: like what we were talking about before. We're like, oh, the West, it's gonna be really tough. Yeah, like, it is. Like It's going to be a fight every night. Like, we're not even talking about Sacramento and Dallas and Minnesota, who are all around 500 right now, yeah. and still will give you, like, a good punch in the gut. Dallas has proven
0: that if you catch them on the wrong night, they're going to kick the crap out of you. Yeah,
1: so, like, that's just Rick Carlisle. Like, he's going to bring that every single game. Like... There's, there are very literally no easy games in the West, and yeah. every single game will matter because of tie breaks and everything like that. Like, ask Denver last year, and
0: then amplify that times a hundred this yeah. year. Is that's what it is. Yeah, this playoffs race is so fascinating. The East. Top wise, I think is more interesting because there's more scenarios in which that could end out putting out an interesting team into the NBA finals. Yeah, the West we generally know that it's going to be Golden State, barring any crazy injury. Um, Yeah,
1: one through four in the East is interesting through eight is interesting in the west
0: yeah and like i don't those these teams could give golden state a run for the money they very well could get swept in five games or four or or five games yeah um yeah it's just it's like you said who emerges from this mess it is a mess like It's it's just a mess it's just a mess um anyways that was a fun that was a fun topic I'm, I'm glad we talked about that kind of broke that down a little bit more um i feel like we're gonna keep doing this throughout the season and just like well this team's eliminated because like so-and-so's this, injured, te- yeah, or, this or team yeah this team just... finally
1: fell off yeah yeah
0: something like that um anyway let's give our game of the week and then let's be done we've been talking for a while man yeah oops yeah <laughs> oh well <laughs> Uh, yeah, so
1: mine will be, and this is a game I mentioned: Spurs at Bucks. Mm. Will, will the Spurs kind of be drifted by that time, or are they still p- pushing strong? And then you know, is Milwaukee still one of those top teams in the East at that point, record-wise? That'll be Saturday, November twenty-fourth, seven thirty p.m. Central Time. I think the Bucks come out victorious. It's a home game, one thirteen to
0: ninety-nine. The Bucks are good. I got to watch them on Friday and whew man it's different this year it's different it's just a different team their pace is unbelievable Uh, my game of the week is Portland at Golden State some uh, Western Conference juggernauts on Friday November 23rd 9.30pm Central Golden State's gonna win I think 125 to Portland's 118 I think it's gonna be a close game Um, Damien's gonna make it a close game I'll say see what see what Portland's made of see if See how much... I don't... Again, don't
1: expect them to win. How much can they actually stick around?
0: They've generally played Golden State really close in the regular yeah, season. Yeah. It's a different story in the postseason. And I think it's kind of an interesting... Let's see where Golden State is a week from now. Mm-hmm. If the situation has blown over or if it's still looming over the team. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting from those two perspectives, but we'll see. Thank you so much for listening to the Couch GM Podcast. I know we've been long-winded, uh, but we appreciate you listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, at NBA Pod. We do some fun content over there, so make sure. I think we're good at Tw- NBA Twitter follow. Not the best. We're good. We're getting there. We're like the Los Angeles Clippers of NBA. We're good, not great. We're as long as we're good. not wearing
1: those ugly LAC City Edition uniforms. Good God! We're fine.
0: I, I'm okay. So next week we're we're doing the uniform broadcast. Okay. I had to bring it up. I was just for <laughs> yeah, the sake of the street. That's it. That's it. That's it. We're doing it. Okay. That's next week. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, not seeing you. To li- uh, 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 to video pod. Video pod next week. Not really. We look forward um, to hearing from you on Twitter and uh, you know, tweet at us, tweet us your hot takes. That's what th- this this weekend is or this week is Thanksgiving. So we want to hear your hot takes this week on Twitter. Um, tweet at us and uh, we'll tweet back at you with our hot takes. Maybe um, we'll see you next week on uh, our NBA Uniform Edition podcast because we're doing it. I'm tired of talking about it. We're going to do it That Fine. See you next week.